G'day listeners. Today's episode is on listening and we talk about why the art of listening is disappearing, why the art of listening is important and techniques to improve your listening skills. Enjoy. Why did it count backwards? I know that we're now recording. <laughs> what? Hello, Captain. <laughs> what do I Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? I don't know. So, leadership, life and everything else. Yeah. And we're live. No, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michelle. Hi, Guy. How you doing? Good. How yeah, are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. That's it's good. It's been a little while. It has, I know. Uh Life has been full. It has been full. Mm. Yeah. So, we're uh, down here in Adelaide. Mm. You've just been doing some workshops with Uniting SA. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful organization. And uh, yeah, this week we're doing some customer, customer experience workshops and we're talking about creating exceptional customer experiences. And part of that course, we, we talk about listening skills and... Um, I thought it'd be a great topic to do a podcast on. Fantastic. But before we do that, you've just recently done a keynote. I got uh, the pleasure of watching yesterday. You were with Edge Early Learning. Um, yeah. Yeah, and our last podcast um, guest, Annie Bryce, the CEO. That was fantastic. Very, very inspiring person. Yeah, she is, isn't she? she yes. She's very impressive. It was interesting watching her yesterday, observing her, and... After my keynote, she's very succinct, but she really made sure that all of the leaders in the room that she had invited to the conference were all feeling safe to express themselves, and she was very encouraging mm. of their professional development. And I thought she did a great job of summarizing all of the key points from your keynote as well. She did, I yeah. know. <laughs> I, I took some notes. I wish we had a nanny everywhere we went. You know, at the end of our keynote, she stands up. Okay, so this is the key message that you would have got there. <laughs> she was amazing. She yes. was, she was. Anyway, so we're going to talk about listening. Um, so, uh, <laughs> we were joking about this earlier. We're going to talk about listening. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I knew you were going to do that. I know your sense of humor so well. It's really bad, just like mine. <laughs> we share the same level of humor, I'm afraid. So, sorry to our listeners. Well, one of the reasons why we decided to talk about this today is that listening is almost like a lost art. It is. And it's going away. It's actually disappearing. I, have I told you about the, the experiment I do in the, in the classes? No. Okay. So, um, for it's, it's going to be about 20 years now. I've been running this little experiment. I keep telling people I'm writing a book about it, but I still haven't written the book. It's that, that the fact that listening is disappearing, the art of listening is disappearing um, from society. And so, in, in especially the customer experience workshops, also the leadership workshops, we talk about listening, but I, I do a listening test. And so I tell everyone, I give them a scenario. I say, okay, this is the scenario you're in. I'm going to be a customer. I'm going to be ringing you up. I want you to listen very, very, very carefully. And I emphasize that a lot. I say, I'm going to be talking fast, but I want you to listen very, 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 very carefully. And then I get them to put their pens down and sit up straight and try and listen. And in the scenario that I use, uh, there's a couple of key pieces of information that they always miss. They always miss it. And then I say to everyone, okay, put, it, put your hand up uh, who heard this. And they go, 
no. And who heard this? And I go, no, did you say that? And I said, yeah, absolutely I did. But they didn't hear it because of the way people listen these days. Um, we've discussed this quote before. It's one of our favorite quotes that people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Yeah. Or in customer service, they listen with the intent to solve a problem. And over the last 20 years of doing this experiment, I've noticed that listening skills are getting worse and worse and worse. So 20 years ago, about 90% of the class would hear one element of that scenario that I, that I pretend that I'm a customer, and then 50% would hear the other element. But if you come fast forward to the year 2023, that same scenario, it, that 90% um, of the class used to hear a certain element. Now it's under 10% hear mm. it. And then with regards to the other bit that half the class used to hear, almost no one hears now. And um, I'm a bit, uh, I guess, disenfranchised that, if that's the right word, that our listening skills as a society are getting worse. Why do you think that's so? I've got two theories. Um, it's very hard to prove this, but I think the first part of the theory is that uh, information overload. We're bombarded with more information than any generation in history. Our hippocampus, the librarian of our brain, just can't cope with the quantity of information that's coming our way every day. The mm. emails, the text messages, the billboards, the advertising, the just there's just this bombardment of information. And so you have to filter. Yes. And, and when you filter, you're not taking everything in. If we didn't filter, we wouldn't be able to you know, live in this in this era, era. and that, that's the first part. But the second part, I think, is that we're losing the art of listening because we're spending most of our time communicating via text and email. Mm. If you look at young kids, they get on the bus at the end of school, they sit down, they jump into their phone straight away and start texting, but they're texting their kids sitting next to them. They're, yeah. not, they're not texting somebody that's not there. They're actually having conversations sitting side by side instead of turning to each other and talking. And uh, and so the the art of listening is is disappearing, and it's um, it's really quite sad, I think, because it listening is a is a vital skill that allows us to make strong connections with each other. Mm. I do know that when I'm tired, when I'm overloaded with information from other sources, you know, it's coming at you like you said, it is hard to listen because it's it's tiring mm. to listen. It can be. And sometimes you just want to, yeah, just give me the pertinent points. Like you, you don't want the whole story. And yeah, yeah it's, I, I understand that I'm guilty of often listening to solve, not listening to understand because I just need to get on with whatever yeah. next. Well, everyone claims that they're busy. Mm. I, I don't think we're busy. I think we're out of control. I think we feel out of control. So we use the word busy to describe that. Yes. And so, yeah, we, we take shortcuts by not really listening to people. But it's such an important skill because if you can develop the skill of really listening, you can achieve wonderful things. And I think the most important thing is that it's it helps people feel validated and justified and heard and listened to, um, which is is such an important part of being a human that somebody recognizes you and and understands you and makes you feel valid. Yeah. Plus, it also saves time if you do listen effectively the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Instead of using email, which is misunderstood ninety percent of the time. That's right. Backwards and forwards. When it's easy just to pick up the phone and ask, you know, in a couple of minutes, you can get the answer to yeah. clarify. But people don't 
don't do that because they want the written record. Mm. Yeah. And so I always say, have the conversation. It only takes you two or three minutes. And then write a 10-second bullet-pointed email that says, hey, as we discussed, yeah. bullet point, bullet point. Now we've got the written record to cover our ass. But we had a conversation where we were actually listening and we understood each other. Yeah, mm. no, definitely. In aviation we it's very important to listen to get to gather information mm. and it must be correct so not only the information that you're giving but it must be received and understood mm. so one of the techniques we use is it's an acronym like everything in aviation nits which is nature intent time and special circumstances mm. so when we give information we say it in that order order sorry and then to ensure that we have given the message correctly and it has been understood correctly, we then get the person to say it back to us. So repeat it back to yeah. confirm that they've understood it as you intended. Absolutely. So we're then listening that it is correct mm. back. Mm. So uh, we're not listening to change or anything just to confirm that that information. And one of the techniques we use so that we can also remember rather than, because it's a high-stress situation usually, mm. is that we picture it. Yeah. So it's easy to, like with uh, professional speaking, et cetera, giving storytelling, having that picture in your mind, mm. same with giving information. And when you listen, seeing that information as a picture helps you understand. So are you taught to do that as a part? Yeah. Yeah, to, to listen with your eyes where you're picturing what they say. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Because it also gets rid of some bias, expectation bias that we might have. So if you hear a bang or smell smoke, hmm. immediately you think of what it could be. So rather than doing that and it comes back different information, we then do the picture based on what they're saying. Hmm. I like it. And obviously, that's so important up at however many feet that you fly. Yes. I, I keep forgetting the height. What's the altitude typical flight? 40,000 40, 40, feet. Yeah, 40,000 feet in a big tin can. I think it's very important right. that your communication is, is accurate. And so, listening is an important skill. It's funny, though, down on the ground where I guess that you're not having all of these people's lives in your hands that people don't pay as much attention to, uh, to, situation, to, to what people are saying because... You know, they don't have that risk sitting in the background, I guess. Yeah, but also we're trained to do that. Yep. So, it just requires a little bit of discipline mm. to do it in That's every it. day. It does just require discipline, doesn't it? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody that just keeps going around and around and around and the other person keeps repeating themselves? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you've had an the argument same with thing, somebody. Yes. Yeah, and, and then they're not just saying it again, they're saying it again louder <laughs> because obviously that's going to make you hear it. It's like um, playing Pictionary. Have you ever played Pictionary? Yes. You draw a picture, the person doesn't guess it, so you draw it darker. <laughs> <laughs> so you just keep going back over the lines and they still don't guess it. And so you underline it. You put a line underneath the part of the page that you're drawing on and then they still don't get it. And so you start to hit the paper with a pen as if to say, look at where I'm drawing. It's funny. Well, or, um, I used to go overseas a lot with sport and uh, we were in Germany once and a fellow athlete walked up to a local German and said, excuse me, mate, where's the, uh, where's the so-and-so hotel? And the bloke just looked at him. So he raised his voice. Excuse me, where's the... And I said, yeah, good. Mate, He's English louder becomes German. 
<laughs> you raise your voice when you don't think you're being understood or you repeat yourself rather than changing your message. That's yeah, rather than yeah, rather than repeating, you should reframe or rephrase. Yeah, but we but we repeat ourselves and we get louder because we're getting frustrated. Well, we have the understanding in our mind yes, of what we're and, saying. And they should. That's it. Yeah, because when, when you don't feel understood, you get really frustrated, don't you? Mm. Mm, it, trigger, it triggers the stress response. And I, I believe it's because as we evolved, we developed the art of language so that we could work together as a species to survive out there with all the big dangerous animals. We're not big and dangerous like they are, so we needed to develop language. And our language allowed us to work together so that we could survive as a species. And so when people don't understand you, I think it triggers the stress response because we know deep down inside we need to be able to communicate with people. Because have you ever had a situation where you're trying to explain something and somebody doesn't understand you and you get so frustrated, you've gone into a fight or flight response? Mm, I've noticed kids get frustrated if they don't understand what you're saying, so yeah. what they're hearing. But again, it's just a... It's a skill that needs to be developed. It is, it is. When you think about it, they just don't understand your message, but your body's going into a, 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 a stressed state. Your body's releasing adrenocorticotropic hormone and then you start becoming irrational because the you know, executive functioning part of your brain shuts down and it's simply because somebody doesn't understand you. You're not in danger from a lion or a tiger. Somebody didn't understand a sentence you said. Mm. Yeah, and yet we get really, really frustrated. But it's such an important skill because if you, one of the things I like to talk about is that if you listen intently to somebody else and then you prove to them that you've heard them, it triggers the reciprocation response. Have we spoken about the reciprocation response no, in the we past? Haven't, no. So it's basically where if I do something for you, if I do you a favor, I help you out, it triggers a reciprocation response in you where you now want to help me out. You want to give something in return. As humans, we learnt that if we reciprocate, if we give back, then that's how we get along. That's how we can work yep. together. If Community. we're all purely selfish, yeah. we couldn't work together. So the reciprocation response is innate in humans. And when I listen to you and I show you that I've really listened to you, it's going to trigger your reciprocation response and you're more likely to now listen back. Mm. Yeah, you'll you'll pay the same respect. You'll sit there and you'll some people unless they're a bit narcissistic or sociopathic, they won't necessarily do it in return. But um, it's it's such an important skill because when you've shown that you've listened to somebody else, they'll then listen to you. Yeah, I I can't recall who it was that we were speaking about, but there was somebody who you in the Australian Institute of Sport, mm. they remembered your name and details John about you. John Boltby, he was the director of the Australian Sports Commission. And I remember the first day I met him, I'm walking out of the, uh, the sports science building where I worked on the help desk. And I was rushing off to help somebody. I had the, the mobile phone with me, the help desk phone, and John Boltby was on his first day. And somebody was escorting him around, showing him the buildings, etc., and obviously introducing him to people. And as I'm running out of the building, and I was on a bit of a trot, this uh, um, this person said, "Hey, guy, this is John. Um, he's uh, the new new CEO, or managing director, I guess, or CEO. I'm not sure what his actual title was, but he was in charge of the sports commission." And I said, hi, John, nice to meet you. And he said, Guy, what do you do? I said, I'm on the help desk and I'm just running off to help someone. Anyway, uh, lovely to meet you, John. And I, and I ran off. 
And um, the very next day, John was walking past. He said, G'day, guy, how's the help desk going? And he remembered everyone on that first day. He And he was the sort of person that when you spoke, he really listened and he made you feel validated, made you feel special. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I remember that for the rest of my life, that, that moment where I'm in a rush, I'm rushing p- past this guy who's being introduced to hundreds of people and he remembered me. Yeah, what a great skill as a leader mm. to be able to make somebody feel special and important just with by remembering their name and mm. a, a, one and some detail. Details. Yeah. yeah, no, that was brilliant. And and the other reason why listening is so important, it, it gives you more influence. So if I want to influence your thinking or persuade you of something, what what I love saying is that nobody will change their mind. Nobody will move the needle. I, I use that term to like you're changing your mind, you're changing your perspective on something. Nobody changes their mind until they feel as though you understand where they are at the moment first. So if you listen and prove to somebody that you understand them and they go, yeah, that's right. And then you say, can I suggest an alternative? Now they go, yeah, okay. They're open to it because you've shown them and given them the respect of listening to them and proving that you understand it from from their perspective. So not not only does it trigger the reciprocation response, it also makes them feel validated and that how they are, the way they think right now is valid. And so when you invite them to look at something else, they're more likely to want to do it because... It's a collaboration. It's a collaboration rather than you're saying to them, hey, you're wrong, you should think differently. So it's it helps you influence people. It helps you learn more when you're a good listener. You take on more because you're what you're you're actively seeking out information, which makes you a more intelligent person. Yeah, yeah. Imagine using that also in your personal life. <laughs> yeah, it'd cut down on some of the arguments. Wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Wouldn't it? Instead of focusing on trying to get our message across, we're being listening. right. Being right. Yeah, yeah, we're open and and listening to other people's ideas. It also shows confidence, I think, because if you're always trying to share your knowledge, share your wisdom rather than seeking out knowledge and seeking out wisdom, that comes from ego and that's that's you wanting to be validated by other people. But if you're a listener, if you're somebody that really actively listens and pays attention to other people, you're showing true confidence because it doesn't have to be about you and you're, you're showing the world that you're prepared and open to take in information from other people and maybe learn from other people. Mm, which I well, think, that's the added bonus, that you may actually learn something by listening. It, that's it. And then you become a, a like a truly confident person mm. rather than somebody who's always trying to push their ideas onto other people or not or not really open to, to listening. I, it actually reminds me of a, of a term... Uh, that came to mind years ago called narcissistic listening. What's narcissistic listening? <laughs> that doesn't I've sound very nice. I've never heard it. Yeah. So, okay, um, I don't mind sharing that. I've got somebody that lives not far from where I live and uh, every time you have a conversation with this particular person, uh, they'll tell you all of their stories and their experiences and their life and all this sort of stuff. And and they, at first they seem like quite a, a genial sort of person. And then as soon as you start talking, as soon as you start uh, responding about something that they've maybe said, they immediately turn their head away. Or if you're at a function or a party, which I have been with this particular person, they walk away. Oh. And it happens every time. And it's got to a point now where quite a few of us who know that person, we kind of laugh about it behind them. Um, not, I, I guess it is in a bit of an insulting way that we're laughing about them because they just show no regard 
for anyone. So not just like uh, eyes glazing over when they you start oh, to speak, no. they, actively st- they actively walk away. They actively walk away <laughs> or they turn their head as if to say, yeah. I'm what else? And I guarantee you they're not even aware of it. It no? is, it is oh, such wow. a, yeah, and so it's, I call it narcissistic listening. It's, yes. it's essentially where um, you might be speaking to somebody who has 95% of the airwaves, a little bit like what I'm doing now. <laughs> I think I've spoken to a lot more than you have. But it's where somebody's had 95% of the airwaves and then the 5% when you're talking, yep. they're just waiting for their opportunity to get back onto the <laughs> yes. airwaves. Have yes. you met those people? Yes, yes. A couple of people come to mind. Yeah, <laughs> and it just doesn't make you feel... Like you want to spend any time with them. No. Yeah. They're not warm people. They're not the sort of person that you want to engage with because when you're talking, they're just thinking about how do they take over the airwaves. I know that uh, there, there's a thought that with active listening, you need to maintain eye contact and concentrate on what they're saying. Mm. However, I know that with my young son, for example, mm. if I did that, if I looked at him, it'd freak him out. While you're listening? Whilst while I'm you're listening. Talking. Okay. So, that would freak him out. Whereas if we are walking or sitting next to each other, mm. he's more likely to listen to me yeah. or to speak to me and I can listen to him. I've read about this uh, that, um, and this can get you into a lot of trouble, but there, there seems to be a difference between young boys and young girls when it comes to listening. Mm. So, girls, young girls, and again, I am generalizing and just quoting statistics that I've read that young girls prefer eye contact they like that you're looking at them while you well while they're talking but young boys tend to open up if you sit side by side with them if you walk side by side with them my gut instinct about this a theory i guess is that when you stand square on to another human being that's the most confronting you can be when you make eye contact with another human being you know that's that can well, when you are confronting somebody, you do that. You go, you go square on and you make strong eye contact with your eyes wide open. And I'm, I'm guessing the young boys see that as a biological threat. Yeah. Yeah. I do notice that my young son, who's 10, we have fantastic chats when we're sitting down side by side, lying down on, on his bed at, when we're reading a book at night. And he just opens up. And when we're walking, he opens up. But face to face, it's... It is confrontational, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. 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 I, so that sorry, that was just one thing that I'd noticed because, again, they the recommendation is that you have maintain eye contact when you're speaking to somebody to show that you're listening. But mm. uh, and and with adults that I've spoken to, that mm. works. Oh, absolutely. Um, in in the flight deck, for example, though, that wasn't always practical because you're <laughs> looking, looking at out. instruments yeah. or out the, window, out the window and you know communicating. We have headsets, so therefore you could hear very clearly. Mm. Um, but they, again, that's a technique that was appropriate for that circumstance yeah so. yeah yeah because you're both sitting facing forward and yeah. flying a big airplane yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. but so kids yeah it's sometimes it's better to listen while you're not looking at them they, they feel safe but you're right adults if you are talking to somebody and they're looking away yeah you don't feel like they're listening correct yeah and did you know that when you're actually talking you look away do you know why you look away uh well you're either 
uh, remembering or creating. Is yeah, that it's the- true. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons why we look away. But the other reason why we look away when we're talking is to make the listener feel comfortable. Because if you talk and don't break eye contact while you're talking, so you're the talker and you don't break eye contact, it comes across as very intimidating. Yes. But we look away not just to remember things or create things like you said, but we also look away to make the other person feel comfortable. Mm. So next time you have a conversation with somebody, just notice that when you're talking, you'll have an instinct. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll have an instinct to look away because you're looking away to make them feel comfortable. If you looked dead in their in their eyes <laughs> without blinking, without blinking, <laughs> yeah, they feel very uncomfortable. So yeah, we look away to make feel people feel comfortable when they're listening. Do you have any other uh, techniques or little tips as far as active listening? I, I mentioned nits that yep. we use yep. and creating the image or the picture in your mind of what the person is saying. So not only is it a good memory tool, which we discussed how mm. to um, improve your memory and yeah. utilize your memory. But it also gives you a perspective, even though everyone's perspective is different based on their experiences, at least it's an, a perspective, that image. Yeah. I, that's the, the listening skill that we that we do in the training where I say you don't listen with your ears because we've got a one to three second echoic memory you forget sounds within three seconds that's why you can shake somebody's hand and forget their name within three seconds but we all have perfect visual memories not photographic not eidetic eidetic memory i can't pronounce it today we have perfect visual memory which means that when we see something and then we see it again we can recognize that we've seen it before and so i teach visual listening so while someone's talking picture what they're saying like a movie in your mind Mm. and for example one technique just it's a very quick technique that if you want to remember somebody's name i'd normally say turn their name into a picture and then attach that picture to the person to remember people's names but another technique just put a name tag on the person and see yourself writing their name on the name tag just the act of writing their name on a name tag while they're talking to you helps you then stick the name to the person but then when they're talking visualize what they're saying like a movie so imagine you're sitting in a cinema and you're hearing what they're saying but you're turning into a movie that you create in your mind and you're just watching the movie Mm. the other thing you need to do is turn the little voice off upstairs the voice that's always talking oh i'm not gonna be able to remember that oh i know somebody yeah it's it's where it's where you're, you're narrating internally yes yeah you just need to turn that voice off and pay attention to the movie and and get inquisitive so what do you think about prompts when you're listening so if somebody is saying something 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 something, something. we're back in the country (laughs) i don't even know what that accent was (laughs) our listeners will know by now i can't hold an accent (laughs) or create one (laughs) intentionally anyway some sort of accent comes out when somebody is speaking and you are listening and you do the mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. yeah mm, yeah yeah extroverts do that extroverts make more noise when they're listening than introverts are they still listening when they do that some are some aren't it depends if they're a narcissistic listener or a a do you think the person who is speaking is distracted by that can be okay yeah i i i I immediately think of somebody say he was a very um big handsome extroverted warm friendly person i used to work with many years ago lovely man and when when you spoke he listened like this mhm mhm yep uh-huh uh-huh yeah 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 uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> he became so distracted and one day i said to him mate do you know if you're an extrovert or an intro- introvert and he said what's that <laughs> and i explained to him the difference between the two 
And he said, oh, I think I'm an extrovert. I said, you are, mate. <laughs> you always seem to be getting energy when you're interacting with other people. But do you know how you listen? And he went, what? I said, do you know how you listen? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, when I'm talking, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, uh-huh, 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 yeah, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. And I said, just to let you know, if you were doing that to an introvert, it might feel as like, as though you're saying, uh-huh, I get it. Yep. Stop talking so I can talk. But I know you and I know that you're actually listening. So just be a little bit careful when you're working, working or talking with introverts that they don't feel as though you're saying, Hey, please shut down. But mm. I guarantee you the extroverts that you're talking to, they're going, Oh, he's really here. He's engaged, which you are. And I said to him, yeah. So just maybe learn to adjust when you're talking to an introvert maybe the occasional mm -hmm. oh yeah but when when you're with your extroverted mates go help with your ahas <laughs> got it yeah so it, it we all need to show some sort of uh, body language cue or, or verbal cue that we're listening and so mm-hmm Yep, or a nod of the head or Definitely like, like on you're the doing phone. to me now. you're nodding your little nod to the head and a smile yeah. Yep. Mm. So on the phone, if it's voice only. Oh, uh, you've got to make the sounds. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it sounds like you've hung up or you've gone somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but face to face or person to person, look at the body language, see whether they're uncomfortable with maintaining direct eye contact mm. and maybe shift your body just slightly off angle so yeah. that it opens up the uh, – bit more comfortable absolutely and so they can communicate themselves and you can then listen and to actively listen turn what they're saying into a picture in any image or a movie in your mind mm. so that you can see it possibly not the same perspective but a perspective and then you can clarify that's it so asking them did you mean this or mm. oh, i see where you're going with this is it like this etc yeah Good, that clarification, that, that seeking to understand. Did I understand you, Michelle, before I'm then going to respond? Well, that's right. And then mm. the person who's been saying it feels it like they're being understood and heard, yeah. potentially giving you more information or open to an alternative like you suggested. That's it. Yeah. One thing you said uh, just before about the body language, I've, I've shown that if you turn your body slightly and so you've got angles when you're talking to somebody it makes them feel comfortable going back to similar to what we're saying with young boys if you square up on them their, their brains kind of think oh i'm in danger here but if you're at an angle or even side by side their brains go okay i'm safe and i can now listen same with humans adults i should say that when we when we talk to people uh, and i see this in the training room all the time when i say okay everyone stand up find a partner you haven't worked with and have a discussion about what we just learned there and i just watch them and they're always standing at a 45 degree angle to each yeah. other because that's how we show um, an openness. That's how we show that this is safe, that we're talking about something. It's not about the person. It's about the ideas that are in front of us and it's how you make people feel safe and, and also comfortable. Mm. Mm. I'm going to now actively monitor how I listen, making sure that not only in the air but I do it personally. I think that's a great idea. Mm. And Michelle, from my experience, you're a very good listener. Thank you, guys. Yes. Well, so how do we wrap this up? 
More dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you to Bollinger, or at least for creating a champagne, because we've been getting bottles yes, of Bollinger, yes. not from Bollinger. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> not from Bollinger. Bollinger still hasn't reached out to sponsor us, but we have been gifted bottles of Bollinger. How was I this? know. Yesterday after the keynote, they, they were so impressed with you, they, they gave you a gift and, and a big thank you. And they've listened to the podcast. <laughs> or, or they've been hypnotised by the podcast. <laughs> subliminal messaging yeah, is yeah, so that not was, so that subliminal. <laughs> yeah, Bose still hasn't reached out. No. No, no. But we think the world will be a better place with more dogs. We, uh, we've got our T-shirts, our, our merch, our hats and our T-shirts and, and a few people have written lovely, lovely responses when they've been wearing the T-shirts that people will walk up to them and open a conversation about dogs. It's fantastic. Isn't yes. it? Yeah, every time we wear them, people go, oh, yeah, the world would be a better place with more dogs. That's right. <laughs> Great to see you again, Michelle. Thanks, Guy. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> You're such a clown. The clown. <laughs> Lady Captain. <laughs> and who's going to listen to this? Maybe our mum. Thanks, mum.